Screen West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. Welcome back to another episode of East Screen, West Screen. It is Tuesday, April 24th, 2012. As usual, I'm your host, Paul Fox, and joining me from his super secret lair, his secret base, his secret location somewhere here in the Fragrant Harbor is Mr. Kevin Ma. Hello, Paul. Uh, Hello, everyone. So are you ready to assemble? This is the week, right? Yes, Avengers Assemble. Yes. You know, years, you know, dare we say decades centuries not not really centuries but you know a long time coming has this movie been for uh, many people a lot of people are out and excited about it when when are you planning to get out and see it i i already bought a ticket for a thursday night at a 10 o'clock show but actually it's only been a couple years for me because i only started following marvel with the, with the movies mm. so for me i hope it's a good continuation of the movie and not too many uh comic book fan service yeah um, yeah well i, I I've been, you know, some of the buzz coming through on Twitter and some other places has been fairly positive so far. Uh, I'm a little bit hesitant, you know, I'm afraid uh, if I go in with my expectations too high, the only place to go is down. But I'm still excited. Uh, I'm trying to get out and watch uh, all the original movies at some point this week before I go. I'll probably be going on Saturday uh, because my wife is equally excited to watch the film. She's loved all the... uh, all the all the sort of build up movies thus far. Although I'm not sure if she's seen the Hulk. Um, I think that's the one she hasn't seen. But oh, that gonna, one's fairly forgettable. Yeah, okay. we're gonna try and 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 sort of review all of them at some point before Saturday this week. So yeah, it's a pretty big week and uh, big week for movies, I guess. Um, you know, we're we're starting to get on that cusp of uh, of the you know summer season and you've just kind of come out of the festival season and the the film award season over here so there's uh, a lot of stuff going on um of course this is the show where we talk about films from hong kong to hollywood and lots of stuff in between um speaking of films what are we going to be covering this week uh, for East Screen, we'll be covering Lives in Flames from uh, young director Jackie Lee. And for West Screen, we'll be doing uh, this movie about something that you sunk of mine of or something. My boat, yeah. right? My, my little... My, my, little my, my dinghy? Boat, my boat, my, my, my floating uh, thing. My, my life raft. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is the big... Uh, I don't know if you would call it a blockbuster because it's not really coming out in the blockbuster period, but it's a pretty big movie. Uh, Battleship, right? Yes. Um, so we'll be talking about those two films and much more right after a little bit of news. Oh, and it didn't work. Dang it. Now I gotta edit. Shoot. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. That was uh, that was me being goofy and uh, Michael Wong saying, "I'm pleased with the outcome." Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, before we get into the news, I do want to throw a quick shout out to uh, our fellow podcaster, uh, podcast family, actually, uh, husband and wife team 
over at Pop Spotting. Um, we were guests on uh, an episode of Pop Spotting. We were actually guest hosts for their show. Um, I, th- I think they put it up last week, and yep. uh, we basically are kind of filling in for the hosts, um, Ryan and Jen Ozawa, who are based out of Hawaii, and uh, I've, we've had them on the show our show here before last year, and uh, I was on their show as a guest um, last summer as well. And unfortunately, they're going through a little bit of a tough time with uh, Jen going through some medical issues, so they've had to put their podcast on hold. And one of the things that's happened is that the fan community has sort of stepped up and come in to do some guest episodes for them. And so people are recording guest episodes and sending them into Ryan for him to post uh, under the show's banner to sort of keep the show going. And when I found out that this was going on, um, I contacted him and I said, look, you know, I'll, I want to send you some something, something. Me and Kevin will get together and, um, we'll, you know, we'll send you some some thoughts on our film, you know, favorite films from the last year. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can use the material. And he was very, very uh, gracious and thankful for our participation. And, you know, I'm just happy that we can sort of keep his show going because I think it's it's one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it quite frequently. And uh, I'm glad that the community is kind of doing this thing. It it really shows sort of the power of, of social media, really, and, and the ability to form communities and have people come together. Um, so if you get a chance, head over to Pop Spotting. Just, just do a quick search for Pop Spotting on any platform, and you'll you'll come up with Ryan and Jen's site, and you can listen to the podcast. Of course, you're going to hear the same th- stuff you hear here. You know, me and Kevin rambling on about nonsense, right? Yeah, except I think I did it better there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do have some news to talk about this week, and of course, we were off last week, and I do apologize was having a little bit of technical difficulty because we're having some thunderstorms here in Hong Kong last week. We're heading into sort of the, uh, you know, the spring-summer season. We're starting to get more rain, and we'll be getting some, you know, we'll be in typhoon territory pretty soon. Uh, But we're having some lightning storms up where I was at, where I live at last week, and uh, the power was kind of coming in and out, and uh, it janked up my internet connection somehow at some point. Um, And I had to get that sorted out, and I wasn't able to get ready in time to record, so... I do apologize for that little hiatus, yeah, uh, but we I, are I back. The, uh, yeah. yeah, I call it the cluster F weather period yes. of the year. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, You know, at, at any time, it's like a thunderstorm just pops up and boom, boom, and there's lightning and everything going. And um, the electrical connections, I guess you don't have this problem where you're at. But here in the new territories, I mean, sometimes I pass by these electrical boxes that look like they're jury-rigged. And they're barely holding together with like pieces of tape and gum, um, and I'm it's surprised. Like the <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that we don't we don't lose power more often. Are, um, are your power lines um, buried below ground? Because in the in the city they're below ground. Well, <laughs> you know we've got uh, for for our building, I think they're below ground. Um, mm-hmm. But when I walk out, you know I can see like some of the other houses have them above ground, and I, there's there's actually like going because we have this. These houses, like back towards this mountain, we're kind of nestled in, in this at the foot of this mountain, and there's a bunch of houses, you know, old sort of tin style houses that are back behind us, and those are above ground. And there was a there was a last year sometime an actual transformer exploded. Basically, I heard this thing go boom, and like the whole village was without power. And but the guys, the CLP, the China Light and Power guys, were really really quick to get out here 
and like within the within just a couple hours they you know they they had detected the problem i don't know if somebody called them or they just knew their grid was down and they had guys out here working on it and they had it up really really quickly i mean when we lose power in florida because of a hurricane forget it i mean <laughs> you you might as well have, yeah my, my dad actually does have a generator in florida because if a hurricane comes through they're never sure when they're getting power back well, you know, in my secret layer, I also have a have a uranium generator out here too. Yeah. I got my own generator. Yeah. Powered by kryptonite, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Well, um, because we were out last week, we kind of missed one of the really big stories of last week, and that was the Hong Kong Film Awards, which happened a week ago on Sunday evening. So, Kevin, you want to cover any of the highlights? I mean. It was really just a simple awards, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if you, how many people out there who listen to the podcast caught my live, uh, live blog. But yeah, um, A Simple Life, uh, Anne Hui's film, as expected, uh, took home the biggest award of the night, Best Picture, uh, also for Best Director, Anne Hui. Uh, she last won, I believe, for um, uh, The Way We Were. Or the way we are, mm-hmm. uh, the Teen Show film. So it's not a surprise that she won. Uh, of course, Dini Yip, um, as also very much expected and almost almost demanded by the powers that be, depending on which ent- which um, which which you know deity you you you, you believe in. Uh, Dini Yip won the Best Actress award. Um, but of course, there were some surprises. The Best Supporting uh, Actor and Actress category went to the uh, nominees from Life Without Principle. Quite pleasant surprise, I would say, because my personal choice for best actress was best supporting actress was So Han Sui from uh, Life from Principal, and I was very happy that she won. Uh, Lo Hoi Pang, um, who I've been told that I, I kind of resemble him in some points uh, at some point in my life, uh, won won the best supporting actor award for also Life from Principal, a very good performance, beating out um, uh, big favorite Paul Paul Chang from A Simple Life. Um, Actually, kind of a surprise was that uh, Andy Lau ended up taking Best Actor also for A Simple Life, which adds up to five awards total. A lot of people have their 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 bet on Lao Ching Wan. Um, I myself was betting that Lao Ching Wan would win, but uh, what happened might have been that um, the the votes might have been spread out because of the double nomination. So um, he lost, and actually there was a um, a poll. I think asking netizens to put a like on Facebook if they wanted Lao Ching Wan to win, if they thought that Lao Ching Wan deserved Best Actor, and like 8,000 people, and I mean 8,000 people, clicked on the like. So apparently, not many people, not everyone is happy with those results. Um, but for the um, technical awards, um, Trey Hark's Flying Swords Dragon Gate picked up five, uh, which I guess you didn't expect because it picked up so many awards also at, um, at the Asian Film Awards. Wuxia also picked up two, which includes Best Cinematography and uh, Best Original Film Score. And even um, that mess that some of us call High Fidelity won an award, but fortunately it was for Best Original Song, which is kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a logical category to win. Um, best film of what they call the best film of the two coasts, which represents Chinese language films from mainland China or Taiwan that has no that has no um, uh, Hong Kong money. Your Diablo Mai from Taiwan, a uh, popular, uh, very crowd fan favorite, uh, picked up that award. Uh, Paul, what what do you think about the wins? Do you do you agree with with these choices? Do you disagree with these choices? Well, you know, I mean. Who am I to disagree, right? I'm I'm not an official film critic. Uh, I'm just a, a film fan. But um, I'm glad Simple Life got some recognition. I would have liked to have seen uh, uh, some more recognition for um, Life Without Principle. Was really surprised that uh, Let the Bullets Fly 
was kind of passed by. Yes, actually, this is something that uh, mainland netizens were really upset about. Many of them, they, there was a, another poll on uh, Sina Weibo, and many of them were, I think, a majority, I think 40% of people thought that Simple Life shouldn't have won that many awards. They thought that Let the Bullets Fly was much more deserving. Um, I think that's because they don't understand the politics of it. I mean, if if A Simple Life did not, did not jumpstart, if they not, did not, you know, cheat their way into the awards so to speak they didn't they didn't use the loophole that was provided by the award rules i think that let the bullets find life without principle um had a much better chance of winning awards um for those who don't under who don't know um what happened was that because a film must play between january 1st and december 31st in order to be considered for the awards um the distributor of a uh, distributor of a simple life played the film for a week a uh, very very limited screening at a very very small auditorium um, for a week, I think one show a day, and that includes weekday at like 11 a.m., and therefore uh, qualified to sell for, for the awards. And because the film opened in March, they were able to, they started their advertising campaign in February, which is when the award committee started to vote. Yeah. So in that way, they kind of cheated their way. They, they did very much like a Hollywood thing, which they campaigned very hard uh, at the right time. So it's a very smart campaign. On, on the part of distribution workshop, but in that way, it took away a lot of chances for you know films that actually followed the rules, like Let the Bullets Fly and Life Without Principle. Yeah. Um, um, the guys in the chat room are asking, who got the best newcomer? Uh, the award where you have to merely exist a little bit to get nominated, which is really true, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> that one was really hard to pick this year because there were no real great new artists. So. Um, the, the the winner was uh, Jam Shao, who made his the pop star from Taiwan, who made his uh, debut with uh, the Killer Who Never Kills. Yeah. Um, I can't even you know as long as Karina Eng didn't win for Magic to Win, I'm happy. I'm I was surprised to see her there, but I mean, what about what about the kids from uh, You Are the Apple in My Eye? Aren't some of those guys new? Because they aren't Hong Kong films. It's not I a Hong see. Kong. But film. Jan, yeah. Killer Who Never Kills was a Hong Kong film, really? Yeah, it had Hong Kong government funding and, and uh. produced by Eric Tsang. Okay. So therefore, it counts as a Hong Kong film. Yes, I know. An another kind of way of using Lupo to get into this, right? Yeah. 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 Um, what do you yeah. think about uh, Best Actor? Do you think Andy Lau, did you think Andy Lau deserved it? Or I, you know, I personally think thought that Lao Ching Wan should have won. Uh, you know, I I'm a huge Andy fan, and I thought he was great Who in the film. It? And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Lao Ching Wan, but sure. You know, I think that, that Andy did a great job. And um, if I were to pick between the two, I don't know. It would be very, very close. You know, but both of them, they're, it's like every year they're up for something, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it, you know they're, they're going to they're gonna go leave after and, and just count. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to put all their awards on the table and, and, and go to some cha-chan-tang and, and, and sit there and, and drink tea and, you know, just laugh about the whole thing, right? Believe it or not, this is only actually Andy Lau's third win as Best Actor. And if Lao Cheng won had won, this would only be his second win. Yeah. Because actually Lao Cheng was only won once. Yeah, you know, I'm... So, yeah, it, it, they seem like they should have gotten a lot more recognition over the years. But yeah, um, I think it was a very close race. And a lot of people were, were didn't know who would win. So it was actually, that was the most exciting race of the, the evening. And, 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 you know, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Andy either. I mean, you know, he did good. You know, I, well. I, I do. I, part of me has a problem too, with the, with the fact that he was nominated in for two different movies. I, I think there should be something that says, 
you can only be nominated for one film. I think so too. You yes. know, because the the industry yeah. is so small, and 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 you know, it's the same people over and over anyway. So when you start nominating the, the you know a, a single guy for, you know for for a category for two films that he's done, even if they're great films, you, you need to narrow it down to one and let somebody else have that spot. Yeah, um, I think Lo Cheng Wan took a Takeshi Kaneshiro spot. Yeah, and I mean, Overheard Two was okay, but what he did in in that role, I think, was nothing in comparison to what he did in Life Without Principle. So, yeah, you know, from from the standpoint of an actor, yep, that's just my opinion. But um, I agree. Yeah, that that that's kind of how I feel. But but again, I think me for for me, the biggest surprise was really just the fact that uh, Let the Bullets Fly really got a big pass. I I, yeah. I get it. I understand why. Um, I thought it would got on best best screenplay. I thought I should have picked up best screenplay easy. Yeah. But um yeah, it's it's too bad. Um speaking of let the bullets fly though, uh I was reading that there's a, a special edition Blu-ray out now. Really? Is from that... from from where? Yeah. Oh, um from America, yeah, yeah. America has a but I I haven't checked out the the features, but I don't expect that there are many to be stuff that, you know, we haven't seen already, yeah. I think. Um I don't know. I might. I, I might be interested. I don't know uh, if the features are significantly better or different in some way, shape, or form. Uh, might be an interesting purchase if it's not too expensive. All right, uh, where are we at? Oh yes. Speaking of Andy Lau, now this is a big rumor that's been going on uh, throughout the course of the day, and it's changed multiple times since I first posted this in the notes. Um, but there is this rumor out there that Andy Lau is going to be in Iron Man 3. So Avengers is not, not, not even out, and they're already, um, you know, promoting Iron Man 3. We, you know, last week was the news that it was going to get funded from, partially from China. And one of my immediate thoughts was, if they're getting Chinese money, they're going to have to have Chinese people in it. You know, who's the biggest, who's one of, you know, Iron Man's biggest uh, arch nemeses? Well, that's the Mandarin. You know, so that makes sense as a as like sort of the perfect villain, either him or Fing Fang Foom, who I'd much rather see, because Fing Fang Foom is like a big dragon, and that would be cool. But I don't think they're going to go in that direction. Um, anyway, so this rumor started going out today, and you know, across Twitter and some different websites, that Andy Lau is in talks um, to be a part of Iron Man Three, and so instantly people were saying. Um, he's going to be cast for the Mandarin. Now, people were saying Ben Kingsley's already assigned the project and they thought he was going to be the Mandarin. That may still be the case. I'm, nobody really seemed to be sure. Um, but uh, I'm reading here one article from neonpunch.com. And uh, it says, We have an inside source close to negotiations that say our very own Andy Lau is close to signing on to be an Iron Man 3, which is being co-financed and shot in China this summer. Uh, then throughout the day, they had a couple updates, and they said uh, a little bit later uh, that uh, most likely if this is true, um, or if any other Chinese star is cast, the chances of them playing a villain with Chinese funding will probably not happen. Mm -hmm. uh, fans of Infernal Affairs know how the ending was changed uh, in China with Andy Lau's character. And that's true. Um but I mean, in Chinese movies, Chinese actors play villains, so no, actually, Japanese people always play. Well, villains. That, yes, that's true. <laughs> which, which is which is quite interesting as when we talk about Battleship a little bit later, right? 
Yeah, um, but I, yeah, but yeah. I, I, if you have a Hollywood film, it's a matter of face for yeah. for China. If you have a Hollywood film about a Hollywood superhero going to China, uh, for whatever reason, you're not gonna have a Chinese villain. That's that's not the well, way. Well, the, the latest the update. To... This is this is from update number two, okay. um, where they say, first, Andy Lau is not signed yet. Final negotiations are underway. Uh, Andy Lau's character will not be the Mandarin. Uh, Andy Lau's character will be an old friend of Tony Stark's that represents China's technology sector and will use See? China's armored heroes to help Iron Man defeat the Mandarin, who is seen as a terrorist against both the U.S. and China. The PLA. See, yeah. the People's Liberation Army is going to be in this, of course. Well, it, the, it'll actually be the PLA as People's Liberation Armor, right? Because if 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 the army plays such a huge, the military plays such a huge part in the first two films, and they're doing China, of course, the People's Liberation Army. I don't know what the hell they liberated, but yes, those people are going to be in the film. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, my first thought was, all right, Andy Lau is going to be the Mandarin. I'm sold. I'm there. But then I was thinking, you know, I'd 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 rather I'd be I'll be rooting for Andy Lau as the villain, right? Um, I. I'd rather that he was a hero, and then I thought, oh, wait, there are no Asian male heroes that are major characters from the Marvel or the DC universe. And then I was trying to think, who are the, who are the Asian heroes in Marvel and DC? The only one that comes to mind, now, granted, I stopped reading comics in the 90s. The only one that comes to my mind was um, a reinvention of a character in DC called Dr. Light, who was at one time a villain and later became a good guy. When they made him into a good guy, they changed the character into a Japanese female, if I remember correctly. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, she looked all sleek and sexy like uh, typical superhero females do. But there are no leading Asian male characters, you know? They're all, you know, Spider-Mans and, and uh, Wolverines and, you know, your, your, your typical male Caucasians. Um, so the fact that he's going to be a friend... And and maybe have uh, you know help out. I think is kind of cool. Um, He's gonna be in it for two minutes. Come on, let's face it. It's it's, it's Iron not. Man, and it, and it's. I don't think he's gonna be in it for more than five minutes. It's, I hope I think not. this all get overblown. I think this is all getting exaggerated and and really blown to uh, way too big. Maybe than, maybe it'll be like the Green Hornet, and there'll be spinoffs, right? <laughs> the the thing is, I I think I don't think they're shooting. The whole movie in China. They're shooting a part of the movie in China. I think it's it sounds more like a Mission Impossible situation to me. Yeah. That you know, it's they're just gonna have a have a detour to China, just like they did in Morocco uh, in the second film. Um, and you know, I think this is getting blown way out of proportion. I don't think it's gonna be as big as everyone's all like getting hyped up to be. Personally, yeah, you're probably right. But we can dream, you know. Let's just, let's just concentrate on this week and, and watch the yeah. Avengers and uh and, and see see we look forward to that first. Alright, that sounds good. So yeah, as we said, it is Avengers Week and we will be looking forward to that. Although, you know, I, I, I am still waiting for uh somebody to tap Andy and make him the next Spider Man, right? <laughs> that won't happen. <laughs> and, and and look at the chat room. Yes, I'm hoping Michael Wall shows up his helicopter. You know, it, they just recycle his entire scene from Shadow Guard. Oh, yeah. And it, that's him in Iron Man 3. Just Photoshop in uh, Robert Downey Jr. No, no. Of, he, if, if Michael Wong's going to be anybody, he needs to be like Doctor Strange, right? <laughs> and he can sing his song. Fire. Mm -mm -mm. Fire. 
Yeah, so <laughs> that's a perfect role for him, Doctor Strange. All right, um, a little bit more. One last news story. Two major Chinese studios have announced new projects uh, with Hong Kong directors attached. What are those projects, Kevin? Yes, um, this week is the Beijing International Film Festival, so uh, the big studios are taking their, their a chance to unveil their plans uh, for the upcoming year. Uh, first, I will cover Huayi Brothers. Huayi Brothers is essentially one of China's biggest independent studio. And independent, I mean, they don't have any government funding, unlike the China Film Group. Uh, they've brought us uh, Detective D, and they bought us The Assembly. Um, they bought us Shaolin, so that tells you how big they are. Um, so they announced two different sets of films. One is uh, their release schedule for the rest of the year, and that includes um, Pain and Skin 2, uh, a prequel that's starring the, the free original cast. I think we kind of talked about that already. Um, but no Donnie, right? No Donnie, just Zhou Shun, Alois Shen, and Vicky Zhao with Mini Yang added in, which you know totally compensates for Donnie and more, personally. Um, there's a Taiwanese film from Gu, uh, the stars Gui, um, called called BF and GF, uh, and of course Tai Chi Zero, which we've already seen a teaser for. The the film that's directed by Stephen Fung, uh, first film in a trilogy, starring Tony Leung, Kafei, Angela Baby, um, Shu Qi, and Daniel Wu. Um, they're saving General Yang, uh, the the new latest film from Ronnie Yu, uh, starring Adam Chang, Ikin Chan, uh, Raymond Lam, uh, Vic Zhao, Wu Chun. This is the 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 Yang. The Yang family story that we also talked about, I think, when Legendary Amazons came out. That one will be out on October 26th. And lastly, December 20th will bring us Jackie Chan's latest film, ZZ12, which stars, of course, Jackie himself. Um, so that's what's coming out from those guys this year. They've also announced a set of uh, productions, um, upcoming productions, which includes Tai Chi 2, the second film in the trilogy. That one's actually already done. So that film would come out, I guess, uh, in 2013. Wait, I'm and confused. I, yes. They're doing Tai Chi Zero, and that's the first film. Yes. And then Tai Chi Two is the second film. Well, I, that's not the official name. Actually, it's not the Tai Chi Zero is the official name of the first film, but I'm not sure if Tai Chi Two is the official name of the second film. But I just call it Tai Chi Two because it's the second film in the trilogy. Okay. But anyway, that one is already shot because they shot those films back to back. Um, so I assume that Tai Chi Final, I don't know, whatever, the third film will be out the following year. Again, Stephen Fong is doing all of those. Um, the Detective D prequel that actually they announced last year but never got made. Trey Hark is doing this one again. Um, this one will probably be made this year. And Trey Hark has already said that he's going with younger cast because it's a prequel. So I don't think Andy will be in it. Uh, Lee Bingbing won't be in it. Uh, Karina La won't be in it. So maybe a new cast. Um, Pan Ho Chan, uh, new romantic mainland romantic comedy called uh, "Women Who Know How to Flirt Are the Luckiest." Um, Kenneth B, who uh, I have to admit, yes, again, I, he's my scriptwriting teacher, so I know him personally. He has joined the Hawaii Brothers. He stepped up a big boy, so a big congratulations to him. He's gonna do a crime movie called Control. This is the official English title from him, by the way, which I've been told be like a Sin City style crime film. So it'll be very interesting. Uh, so that's and also and the most controversial one here. Here we go. Is um, Taiwanese director Do Zhe New who did uh, manga and love this year. He'll be remaking Long Kong's uh, story of a discharged prisoner, which, as we all know, was remade as John Woo's A Better Tomorrow. Uh, so he'll be remaking the older version of the film. And um, actually, that one Stephen Fong bought the rights to that, and and he he has assigned or he has. Bought uh, Doji New to remake it. 
Um, this one, I would like to talk about this one, actually, Paul. Have you, have you seen uh, Story of a Discharged Prisoner? Uh, I think I saw it a long time ago, if it's the do, one do, I'm thinking about. Okay, do you remember how, 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 how much resembles, um, a better to, uh, how much John Woo resembles, a, uh, uh, a Better Tomorrow resembles this one? The older no, because I've seen A Better Tomorrow so many times that that's kind of stuck in my head. Ah, uh, okay. So, but I, it's very interesting that they're remaking the older version of the film, and as opposed to, of course, a Better Tomorrow, which was already remade in Korea, uh, I think last year, two years ago. Um, I'm not sure what this that Ujini was gonna brought, bring to the project. He's already done one gang film manga, which is like the young young version of Goodfellas, I guess. Um, so that that was a little controversial because we don't know if it needs to be remade, and we have to see how how. How how he can bring this in, you know, with China's censorship involved. So that's Huayi um, Brothers. Uh, but also yesterday, uh, Light Pictures, which did Miro and Legend of the Fist, and also has a film coming out this week called Inaccurate Memoir. They also announced their own um, slate, and that includes um, Gordon Chan's latest film called The Four, which uh, stars uh, Ronald Chang, Anthony Wong, Colin Chow. Um, that will be released on July 12th. And actually today on my Twitter, there was a link to the, the, the first teaser. And at the, at the, at the uh, press conference, they also announced that that film will also be made as a trilogy. So hmm. therefore, keeping Gordon Chan working for the next two years and away from well, uh, NEC film. You know, I think it's quite nice that they're being that ambitious with these titles, but yeah, I'm kind of reminded of... Uh, was it Twins Mission? Yes. You yes. know, I mean, if these things flop, why why announce you're going to do them as a trilogy unless they, you know, end up turning a profit or have some success and then come out and say, well, actually, we've got more of these planned. I am very worried, yes. I think Tai Chi had a very good plan because they, they know who to bring on. They brought on Samuel, Samuel Hong as a name, you know, um, uh, younger stars that don't cost a lot and a, and a very interesting look to the thing. I think they planned it out very carefully when they planned as a trilogy. They planned this thing for years and they make sure all the, all the pedigree is right for, you know, international distribution. I'm not sure about M-Lights. I'm not sure about Gordon Chan's uh, The Four. Yeah. Because it looks like they're just following. Now it looks like they're just copying <laughs> Hawaii Brothers' step. And the teaser today doesn't really, you know, has a good idea. I think it's about these four, the four constables. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like an interesting idea, kind of like a super, like Avengers in the period, China, whatever the hell it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're kind of blowing their load, to for lack of a better <laughs> word, with these, you know, trilogy plans. Um, it's it's a little presumptuous. Mm. To think that you know, I don't think the four look didn't, doesn't look like it'll sell very well. It doesn't really have the quote-unquote pedigree. The best thing they got is Colin Chow, who was in, uh, of course, who was beaten up by beaten senseless by Donnie in Flash, Flashpoint. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest thing they've got, I guess. Um, but I don't know because they have a better, much better chance with actually the Assassins, um, a, a film by a first-time director named Zhao Lin Shang. The the biggest selling point here is Chow Yun Fat playing an older version of Chow Chow. Mm -hmm. uh, the film already has an uh, uh, American distribution deal, actually. And that film is actually coming out in the summer, I think, or National Day. I don't know. Yes, Anytime I, you say the words I, Chow Yun-Fat playing an older version of X, I, my brain immediately goes to Confucius. Confucius! Yes. Yeah, and I have no idea what kind of action that Chow Yun-Fat is going to do as an older Chow Chow, because I don't think Chow Chow got into action as he was older. I never read the Romance of the Three Kingdom novels, but actually even Chow Chow in Lost Placement 
didn't gain well, he was a action. strategist he wasn't like yes. that. he wasn't known as a, from the bits that i've read and i certainly haven't read you know any any of the books completely but the pieces of that i've that i've seen of him written about um the things i've read about in terms of the history the the tv dramas and stuff and the the films that i've seen over the years the video games it's he's always portrayed as this strategist but not a person of action not a person who himself is out there on the field fighting and you know doing uh you know do, doing stuff directly so yeah so i don't know why overseas deal is being announced for this film as opposed to you know the four which is like a more typical you know period action film um but uh, uh, let's moving away from period epics uh we have um a new new, new film from jet lee called uh bu er shantan that's the mandarin name there's no english title yet uh it reunites him with uh one jang who played his son in uh ocean heaven and apparently this will be a buddy action comedy um that promises jet lee to be comic relief while one jang will be playing the action hero wait weren't which... they weren't they also in uh the Sorcerer and the yes, White Sorcerer Snake. Yes, Sorcerer and the White Snake. So this will be the third film. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. true. This will be the third film together. I know um, that's completely forgettable, and you've been trying to wipe it from your mind. but Right? I yeah. forgot. I forgot that they played Master and Disciple. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, and also, uh, Daniel Lee, the director of Free Kingdoms, 14 Blades, and White Vengeance, who will be making a movie called The Manchurian Express. Uh, no idea what that one's about. And lastly, the uh, CEO of, of Enlight uh, also announced that they will be doing a two-part remake of Shanghai Bun, which is not the Wang Jing film. The Wang Jing film, Once Upon a Time in Shanghai, that's a one-parter being done by a different production company, has a cast, has a director. This one is just a tentative announcement. They haven't announced um, anyone who's being involved with the film. They're saying they're going to do it. So those are two big studios so far. I'm hoping there will be more announcements coming this week. You know, Potty Bona, who did, you know, who won tons of awards, the Hong Kong Film Awards this week. They haven't announced their slate. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Galloping Horse, which uh, they haven't announced their slate. So it's going to be an interesting week if if this keeps up, this kind of pacing keeps up. So keep watching, um, keep reading my blog, The Golden Rock, and and follow me on Twitter for the latest updates from China. All right, that all sounds uh, great. You know, the, the one thing that does concern me, though, is can, how many trilogies from Hong Kong cinema can you name that have been successful in the past decade? They are usually two-parters, not rarely trilogy. Yeah. Ne- almost never a trilogy, now that, now that you mention it. You know, I mean, I can only think of one, and that's Infernal Affairs. Yes, and that one, they um, did all those three films in, in, in one year because they know... I think they had an idea that it wasn't gonna. Yeah. You know, it was a very quick fan. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it 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 it's weird that they're you know it's it's kind of like Babe Ruth you know when he'd uh, point to the stands and call his call his shots. I don't think Hong Kong cinema is strong enough to make those kind of claims. But I guess if they get the producers to back them. Um, yeah, because China has tons of money to spare, and and they're looking to 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 go you know to go head to head with Hollywood. They're not even aiming at Bollywood. They're aiming at Hollywood here. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on and talk about some film? Yes. All right. So we've got one film to talk about this week, and that is the latest Hong Kong film, Lives in Flames. Now, uh, this is a film that I really knew nothing about going into it, and I'm still not sure I know much about it, so I'm going to let Kevin take this one on. Okay. 
Uh, Lives in Flames is the latest film from producer Ng Kin Hong, uh, who did uh, Lang Kui Fong and Girls, and uh, is one of the proponents of you know a, a new production um, production method, which is you know low budget but locally locally aimed films um, that will kind of make small profits. Um, and and Lives in Flames is the latest film. The it's a fictional version of um, about real band, a real Canto pop band named Mister. Um, and here they they don't they play the the, the 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 band members play themselves, but this is not their story. But uh, I will go into it anyway. Um, the the lead singer uh, Alan, of course, he's the lead character. Um, he in the film he he's the son of a of a Chinese medicinal herbal doctor, uh, played by Chen Wai Man, and um, he because of his of his passion towards towards music, he doesn't really put effort into his into his career, so he's kind of a loser, but he's of course very passionate about music. Um, one day he's reunited with his old um, high school band band members, uh, bass player Dash, who is now working in studios tuning guitars for much bigger, more successful bands. And uh, and, and and his band called called I think Mr. Miss um, and then, of course, he, he, his passion is brought back in, 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 from the reunion, and he decides to join the band. And, there, and then he brings on you know, other members, uh, including a guitarist named MJ, who has, a, who has red hair. Um, and after get, get their guitarist um, uh, goes, has a terminal illness or something. That was, a, that was their <laughs> drummer, right? Yeah, the drummer. The drummer has, a, has a, some kind of illness. Then they bring on another drummer called Tom, who is actually the, the drummer of real drummer mister uh and and um they also need a new guitarist so they brought on uh ronnie who is uh, really good at um who's really good at playing guitar guitar hero but somehow also becomes a really talented guitarist as well so the five of five of them decide to want to walk the path of becoming a band and of course there's also a, a female vocalist uh played by mac lamb mac lamb is actually the winner of a, of a local um a tvb idol contest uh called the voice so she plays the the female vocalist, and uh, of course, there's a romantic sub. I, I think they have the voice in the states now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if that's the same. Well, I mean, the Idol Show is essentially the same model, yeah. right? So it, it's, like, it's basically you know uh, American Idol or you know any of the, any other of your sort of reality competition yeah. talent shows. For for the Brits in the chat room, is you know you think like uh, Pop Idol or X Factor. Yeah, those, those, those. Um, so anyway, so that's what the film is about. Um, I like to call call this a go star for effort movie. If for some reason it seems like um, very much, if you put an effort into something, it doesn't matter. The lesson is that you know, if you try at something, no matter doesn't matter where you any good or not, you kind of hit somewhere because you just have to try. And that's that's what the movie is about, you know. Because if you like Mister, then you know, of course you think they're good, but the film never really convinces you that. They're really that good because the film isn't really about the music. So here, it just seems like the lesson is they're a band in Hong Kong, and therefore they deserve success. Which I'm not. I'm not sure if that's really the the message you want to give to young people. But um, so in that in that sense, it's very well meaning, but it's also very superficial because they never really convince you about whether the music is any good, or they never convince you that they're actually a good band. They just show you because they're playing. Therefore, they deserve success. Um, it's not a real exploration of the Hong Kong band scene. Um, you know, I, I'm not really that familiar either. Um, but you can tell that you don't really learn much from the scene. It does reflect some reality. For some, for for example, yes, 
um, the abandoned uh, industrial building, uh, a lot of those have been now, you know, the bands have moved into those and some of the bigger space have been used for, for live houses, you know, like Hidden Agenda is the most, um, is the most famous one. Um, and uh, of course, the, 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 the band, you know, they aren't really actors, so they aren't really that good. They're, Alan, for example, is a really weak actor. There's a couple of reaction shots where, you know, it's obvious that he just kind of opened up his alien eyes and then he's supposed to be acting. But, you know, you can tell they're not really actors. Uh, also, has really weak lines, you know, really weak. Um, these really bad writing, you know, like uh, Michelle Y saying, I really like guitarists. I think they know how to find themselves. Or, you know, of course, the lead singer, you know, going on this rant about how people, how people, ta- uh, uh, um, uh, like to separate pop music and other music. And then, of course, he goes, I don't think there's such thing as pop and unpop music. And, you know, me and me and uh, our friend of the show, uh, Dr. Sean Tierney, we say that, you know, who you know who who, who would say that? Pop musicians would say that. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about music being, you know, there's no such thing as pop and unpop. All music is music. Anyway, um, but then, of course, you have cameos from music veterans, you know, like the band Tai Chi, um, and you have uh, lyricist Andrew Lamb and, and, and Calvin Poon. And obviously, they blow Mr. Away. I thought they were, their cameos are hilarious. They, they really added some, 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 some cred to the film, so to speak. Um, but honestly, it's really not that good. It's well-meaning, but it's totally superficial. And, and you kind of have to be you know, interested in the, the scene to, to know to know what's going uh, or to 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 really appreciate what's going on otherwise you don't really find out anything new here so um tv it at best it doesn't really deserve to be seen on a big screen it, I, you know do you know those uh tvb um tvb movies that they used to do paul um when they did to promote you know certain musicians albums you know, like, yeah i've seen a couple of them back in the day it, yeah essentially like this is one of those yeah this is one of those. I think this is one of those movies where you know it's like done to promote the star, the, the stars uh, albums, and this is done to promote obviously Mister. So it really is a TV film essentially. So I would say TV it at best. And if you don't care about the Hong Kong band scene, there's no reason for you to watch this. So yeah, I would say skip it if you don't have any interest. Yeah. Oh. Um. That was enough background for you. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. I mean, because I went into this thinking Mister, Mister Who, right? I, I had no idea who uh, who these guys were. Um, the, the lead guy, when he sings, he sounds just like Ethan Chan. Um, <laughs> and, and part of me, I, I know you told me that they actually have a song called, uh, I'm not Ethan or something like that. Uh, if I was Ethan Chan, because that, yeah, the similarity was, was brought up when yeah, they and, and I think that's intentional. I, I mean, I really do. If I was Ethan Chan, I'd be kind of miffed that producers are out there producing these guys because... I think that's calculated in in a way, you know, because Eason is quite popular here, um, you know, uh, sort of among the new generation of of male singers. And I don't know, I just, it it seems like a a cheap ploy. It's like if you could find somebody who, remember, what was the movie? C'est la vie, mon chéri, Uh um, with uh, Anita Yun. And she played a character in that who could mimic uh, famous singers and so they'd bring her into the studio and they'd cut like uh, bootleg songs and things uh on cassette tape and and she'd get you know paid for doing that and it seems to me like at one time this would be that kind this would be what this guy would get you know this lead singer would get as a gig um but now it's like oh you sound like Eason, you're in you know because we want everything to kind of sound the same as long as that sells um so i mean i like Eason. 
And so I kind of liked the music a little bit. Um, I wasn't into the whole story that much, though. In, in many ways, this is very, as a film, it was very reminiscent of Herman Yao's uh, movie, Give Them a Chance. Now, if you've seen Give Them a Chance, um, it's basically the same story, except it's about dancers. It's not about a band. It's about these kids who dance on the street, and they, I think, uh, who is it, Andy Hoy is in it, and, and he kind of helps them out. And by the end of the film, they get a professional gig as backup dancers for Andy Lau's concert. And, and so, the real dancers started in that film, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the, it's, the, it's, it's the real dancers themselves. So in a way, it's kind of like Mr., because it's the real band guys here, right? And at the end of of Give Them a Chance, you know, you see actual footage from Andy Lau's concert, you know, as, as like the last 15 minutes of the film, them actually performing out there with Andy Lau. And they did the same thing here. You know, the, the last, like the last 15 minutes is, is the guys on stage at the Coliseum and actually performing as Mr., right? And it, it, so it's it's got that same kind of format. You know, it is kind of cheap, and it's done on the cheap because they didn't obviously have a big budget. There were parts I liked about it. I mean, I think in, in terms, in the sum total of the films, though, you talk about Lan Kwai Fong, you talk about Girls. This is definitely the weakest of those, uh, yeah. of, of those three films, comparatively. Um, but there were things that I liked. Mag Lam, super cute. Uh, I liked her... I mean, she's she's a great singer. She's got a great voice. Um, but I liked her when she was in, um, what was it, I Love Hong Kong? Yeah. Um, I, and I think she's got a cute screen presence. And, and I, you know, I like to see her do, do take on more roles. Um, Michelle Y is here. She's too big for this, in my mind. No. Yeah. Michelle Y's not as big as you think she is. <laughs> I, I think she's got, she's got, you talk about the, the actors who are in this film and, and the, their inability to act. She could act rings around these people. She really True. deserves to be getting better roles than True. than this. Um, you know, Girls was a great role because I think it was relevant and 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 you know she had some good moments in that film. Here, she's just kind of there as the the girlfriend who can't be a girlfriend kind of a thing. You know, the, the she, yeah, she had that really cheesy guitarist know how to find themselves. Yeah, and I just like, oh no, why um, you? So I really felt she was wasted. I, again, I like seeing her. But, um, you know, it's just not, she, she deserves better in my mind. Uh, there were lots of musician cameos here, but it's kind of wasted on me. I'm not a music guy. Um, I could recognize some people, um, but again, I just wasn't that thrilled about it. Um, Alan Tam shows up at the end. I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, you know why? (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, I figured out why they, they kind of explained it at the end of the movie, right? But the real story is that Alan, they, they played at Alan Tam's birthday party, and that's how they got discovered. That's yeah. how they got a record deal. Yeah. So Alan Tam's like their their benefactor. Yeah, he's their promoter so, yeah. now, and he's there at the concert at the end, too. You know, yes. that's actually him out there saying good words to them and everything at the actual yes, concert. Yes, he was also so, in, the, in the audition scene, yes. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a band movie. You've seen this, if, you know, if you've seen things like, I don't know, the Monkees or Beatles movies or anything else where it's like a band trying to become successful and, uh, you know, going through problems along the way. They fight, they argue, but in the end they pull it together and they make some music. You'll like the music or you won't like the music. Um, in my case, the music was okay and Mag Lam was cute enough to, even though they kind of really dumped on her at the end right um you know because it it did start out as mr and mrs right but by the end it's just mr um a little bit of spoiler there but 
you know, if you're really not in, that interested in the music, I kind of got to agree with Kevin that it's not really something that uh, you'll find that interesting. Um, yeah, and the big question, where were the flames? Right? It's called Lives and Flames. There's no flames. Uh, the, the, barely had any conflict. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> even, not even a bit of a spark for the most part, yeah. right? I, you know, um, but there is, you know, there's all that, you know, angst and music and things they try and apply together. There's a little bit of naked time almost, kind of, sort of. Jenna. Um, Thank you, Jenna. So yeah. sort of using the exact same techniques that they used in um, Lang Kwai Fong, right? So if you find if you find that almost naked time or almost sexy time, you know, appealing, <laughs> y- you'll get some of that here. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just unless you're re- if you're really interested in Hong Kong music, I think you'll there'll be a lot for for you in this film because, like I said, there's a lot of music people cameos throughout. Sexy time. But otherwise, nah, it's I don't know TV it for Maglam. That's what I'd say. All right. Knots and X's, Hong Kong Dave says. That's a good Hong Kong band. Yeah, they're pretty good. I've seen some of their stuff on YouTube. They're doing a they're doing a Kickstarter for their new album. And I went over and looked at their site and it's like if you give a few thousand, like they'll come and uh, they'll they'll take you out or, or they'll take you out to dinner for one of them, one of the perks, and then they'll come and play a private concert, you know, at a place of your choosing and, and, and this kind of stuff. And one of them sounded kind of seedy. Like one of them was one of the perks was the ladies of the band will take you out to dinner. I'm like, mmm, that's kind of I don't know. That's that that could get weird really quick, right? <laughs> get some creepy guy uh, just buying that buying it for that perk. Um, but yeah, Knots and X's is a is a good band. Look them up on YouTube. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we know Dave. That Dave is a real fan of the Hong Kong band scene. So, yeah. I, I, if if you're into the Hong Kong band scene, I guess you could watch this Nick pick. Yeah, it's not terrible. But yeah, you really got to be into the music. All right, let me play this. East Green, West Green. All right, so West Green, we've got one pick this week, and that is the big blockbuster film called Battleship. And did you sink it? Um, so this is an American science fiction film based on the game of the same name. And if you don't know that, well, Hollywood is so fresh out of ideas that they're turning to our childhood and making every possible toy and game out there into a movie. So coming soon, shoots and ladders on the big screen. That's what I'm waiting for. Um, I think I think Boss Kozo said he wants hungry, hungry hippos. Um, but we But we might already have that on the Discovery Channel, right? Um, but this is directed by Peter Berg, who, um, uh, you know, uh, what films has he done of note that we might men- mention? Uh, the Rundown. The uh, Kingdom. Um, Friday. Kingdom. He's done TV stuff, Friday Night Lights. Um, Hancock. Uh, what else? Chicago Hancock. Hope. Uh, yeah, he's, Hancock. He's, yeah, he did Hancock, 2008. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. He's, done, he's done a mix of stuff between TV and, and the big screen, writer, producer, um, got some acting credits as well. Uh, is he is he the next um, uh, Michael Bay? That's my real question here. Because really, this film is trying to look and feel like a Michael Bay film. Um, you know, it, it really it, it could be Transformers or Armageddon or 
you know, almost any other number of, of, of kitschy films like Michael Bay does with over-the-top action. It could really fit into that category very, very easily. Um, the basis of the story is that uh, the main character, who's played by Taylor Kitsch, um, who we last saw in John Carter of Mars, so he's also sort of a, uh, a you know, a military man here, big stretch, right? Um, he plays Lieutenant Alex Hopper, uh, who's a U.S. Navy tactical action officer, and he's stationed aboard the USS John Paul Jones. Now, the, the movie starts off, and he's not in the Navy. He's kind of like this dead, deadbeat uh, guy living in Hawaii. He's like a surfer dude, and his older brother is played by Alexander Skarsgård, who, um, if you're a True Blood fan, you'll recognize that's Eric from True Blood. So I was very excited when he came on screen. I'm like, that's Eric. Um, but he looks quite different. He doesn't look like, as, as big and vampire-y as they make him look in, in True Blood. But he's like the serious Navy guy. And um, because his, his younger brother, uh, Alex, is always in trouble, uh, he ends up forcing him uh, to, to kind of join the Navy to straighten up his act. The funny thing is, is that the whole sort of opening sequence is taken right from YouTube. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Kevin, but uh, mm -hmm. the whole 7-Eleven or, or convenience store break-in where he goes in through the roof and then he tries to get back out and he falls back down. Um, that's an actual robbery. That, really? Yeah, that a guy did. He was apparently drunk and he went in through the roof like that and he... Um, fell down the first time and he went and did some stuff and then he tried to climb back up and he fell back down. It's almost shot for shot. Um, and it, it, the motivation here is he's doing it to impress this girl. Um, and that girl is um, uh, Brooklyn Decker uh, as uh, Samantha Shane and who ends up becoming his girlfriend. And that whole sequence, it kind of was, I'm like, what am I watching? Are they really just trying to pander to the to the young, you know, Facebookers and, and the YouTube crowd. But it kind of worked. It was funny, and, and I laughed a lot. Um, it, it makes more sense, though, if you've seen the original, if you've seen the original YouTube footage. Uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot more out of it. But anyway, he ends up joining the Navy, but he's still kind of a mess up. He's still, you know, he's late, and, you know, he's, he's not very disciplined. And this puts him at odds with Liam Neeson, who is the vice admiral of the fleet stationed in Hawaii and also the father of uh, Samantha Shane. So that's, uh, you know, already they're setting up sort of this traditional thing where it's like the young guy and the, you know, the, the, the high ranking military dad that, you know, got needs to be impressed. And, you know, you've seen all that kind of done before. Then they go into this soccer match because there's this interregional war games thing going on and they've got, uh, uh, navies from Japan and other other friendly nations, I guess, in the South Pacific competing. And so there's this whole long sort of soccer match. And it's, you know, they're doing stuff in slow motion. And, you know, it's kind of big and loud and rock music and everything you'd expect from a summer blockbuster movie. But it's not really in the summer yet. We're, we're kind of watching this stuff. Um, now, push comes to shove. What, what's the main, the, the main argument of this film? If you follow science at all, You'll remember sometime, I think it was last year, they were talking about um, the, the space program. They were talking about NASA. They had some people together like, you know, Stephen Hawking and some others. I don't remember if it was Stephen Hawking who said it. It might have been or it might have been somebody else who's kind of a, 
uh, I want to say Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or one of the other really big guys in, in, in science and astronomy who said, you know, if we do make contact with aliens, it's going to be like when Columbus or, or when the Spanish, um, you know, came to the New World and when they made contact with, um, you know, the, the Native Americans and how, you know, how they basically came in and took what they wanted and, and beat the smack out of them. And, you know, cause they, they were so, they were so more advanced. Um, and so there's been this idea that we shouldn't really be poking around out in space because if we do end up contacting somebody, it's going to be like first contact situations have been throughout history where they're going to come here. They're going to find out what they need and they're going to take it from us. And we're not going to be able to stop them because we're not going to be as advanced as they are. So yeah, that's, it was, uh, it was Hawking's. Was it Hawking's who said that? Yeah. So that's the whole premise of this movie. It's that there's, you know, people out there poking this sort of super signal out in space and they poke in the wrong place. And lo and behold, aliens come and they land in the Pacific. They land near Hawaii and the Navy is on hand to kind of deal with the problem. It gets a little bit more complex than that because you're going to think, well, the Navy's got aircraft carriers and they've got big battleships and, and, you know, they've got an air force and, the the plot very conveniently um how would i say it pushes all that to the side and so it, it kind of limits the playing field um very early on and it's interesting you know it's interesting in the way that they do it uh and and it, and it does kind of make sense it's i wouldn't you know it, it's fairly tight in terms of the way they've scripted it out the best thing about this though is that in the initial invasion the first place that gets hit is Hong Kong. <laughs> so, accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. But but even yes. so, it's awesome. Because yes. it, it, already this this movie has is based in two of my favorite places, Hawaii and Hong Kong. Um, so it's already kicking butt and taking names in my book. Um, and, you know, the, the great thing is that when it, it's kind of like a scene from Armageddon or Deep Impact, because when Hong Kong gets hit, um, it takes out a very famous building. I don't know if I should spoil it or not, but I, I was laughing the whole time I was watching that scene. It's like in your face. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's great to see Hong Kong getting some, as much face time as they did. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't expecting it. We never get destroyed in movies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was very excited to see that, but most of the, most of the place, uh, most of the action takes place in the Pacific off of the coast of Hawaii. There's some on-land action uh, in Hawaii as well, um, so I was very excited to see that because I love Hawaii too. Um, the things I didn't like about this film, I don't really like Taylors. Um, whether you're talking about the the Taylor from uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Taylor Kish, Kish, Kish. Isn't there another Taylor though uh, from True Blood? Uh, not True Blood. Uh, the Vampire Twilight. Taylor, 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 what's his name? Is, isn't he a Taylor? I don't know. I don't know about... You Didn't know, he do the Twilight. abduction movie? The what? The, oh, 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 crap. What's his name? Uh, See, I don't even want to remember. <laughs> Taylor something I know what we're talking about, yes. Yeah. He's not in the movie. Huh? He's not in this one. Yes, yes. Right, but uh, Taylor case. Lautner, right? That's his Taylor name. Lautner, yeah, yeah, that's the one. He's not in this one, but I've determined I don't like Taylors. I don't like Kitsch, and I don't like Lautner. Um... I, I like Keish, but not Taylor Keish. Yes. Oh, that was terrible. He, <laughs> he just, he, he, he comes across as too young. Uh, I know that's what they're going for with the role. 
I, I really wanted to see more of Alexander Skarsgård. I wanted to see more of Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, based on the trailer, it looks like he's got a really big role in this film. He doesn't. Um, he is a little more than eye candy in a few scenes, basically. Um, I wanted more Liam Neeson. I wanted more Skarsgård. I wanted more old crotchety Navy dudes. Um, I wanted more Asano. Yeah, more Asano would have been great too. And he does have a really good role here. Um, I really like kind of what they did with him. It was particularly in the context of history. I think it's very it was very very interesting. Um, but you know, once it gets going, it's a big booming you know action aliens, explosions, you sank my battleship, you bastards, and it's great. It's it's a see it. See it for the boom, right? See it oh, yeah. for the for the B twelve. Um and and all that it stands for, right? Um Kevin, what did you think? Well Paul, you don't like the Taylor, but you know, if it wasn't going to be Taylor, it was going to be Sam Worthington. It's like the the anonymous male yeah, hero of the yeah, month. Yeah, I, I got You're exactly right. It would have been a Sam Worthington. It would have been one of these guys who takes, you know, shaves his head and takes up a military role. Um, it. I, I might have preferred Sam Worthington because at least he would have been a little bit more authoritative. I mean, this just was. He was. I just didn't buy this kid at this at this military rank because he's supposed well, to be a screw up right well he is kind of like like chris pine he's a talented screw up you know kind of like um um what's his name in star trek in the yeah, in star trek yeah, reboot. kirk yeah. yeah like kirk in the, in the star trek reboot i think a similar character you know like a young ambitious screw up you know but he was actually really good yeah at his what he's doing um but yeah i mean that role you know it wasn't going to go to like a real real what can i say charismatic or you know uh, unique actor anyway. It was kind of one of those roles that was that way. Um, but, you know, it's big, it's loud, it's undemanding. Uh, I think it's better than Transformers in that it, it was much better at balancing the humor and spectacle. The humor, didn't, they didn't throw it in your face like, like, you know, Michael Bay does. It doesn't come in, you know, silly. It's not totally silly. It is kind of more better balance between, you know, the action, the spectacle, and then, you know, when it's right time for a bit of humor, then there it is. Um, like you said, Hong Kong goes down, you know. I have no idea why Hong Kong has to go down. It doesn't really make sense in terms of science. Hong, it um, wasn't Hong Kong. It wasn't Hong Kong that went down. It was the Bank of China <laughs> Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, you know, how many people we killed? Didn't you listen, listen to the news? They yeah. killed, like, 20,000 people, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, but it must be the tourists. <laughs> anyway, you know, they look nice. You know, it, it was nice to see Hong Kong get destroyed like, the way it does here. Uh, the plot is thin as hell. It's thinner than it's thinner than than a piece of paper. It's it's a very simple plot to describe. It's just aliens invade, they fight. You know, um, Tadanobu Asano. Um, if you didn't get enough of him in Thor, he kicks lots of ass here. He's practically second lead once the action gets going. I mean, he's side by side with the lead characters. Um, and the way they integrate the game, they do kind of integrate the game into the film, and I thought it was quite a amusing way to do it. Um, and it is, yes, it's one long tribute to the United States Navy, um, especially, you know, talk about the old geezers. But, it, you know, the idea of this Jap Japanese naval officers, because Sano plays a Japanese naval officer, becoming one of the big heroes at Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> you know, I thought that was awesome. I mean, you know, people in China complain, you know, talk about, oh, how does a big tribute to American art military, which is true, but when are you going to see a movie about the People's Liberation Army allowing a Japanese soldier to be a big hero yeah. in a movie featuring them? I mean, that's 
really, really great, I thought. Um, I think it's a great start to summer. I mean, the movie doesn't open until, what, Memorial Day in America? I, yeah, I that it's... surprised me, because I, I didn't know we got it that early. And I was, yeah. um, you know, I was talking, I was sending an email to my friend, and I was like, oh, yeah, you got to go out and, and check out Battleship. It was great. And he's like, it's out? I yeah. was like, yeah, it's not out there? He's like, no, it's like a long way off. I was, I was like, wow. I think there's um, better scheduling in, because I think they know that the summer is going to be crowded. So I guess um, Universal wants to build up, build it up or, or throw it out everywhere else first. I'm not sure why. Um, people say that we're being used as guinea pigs. I think one, one, one Hollywood pundit said that we're being used as guinea pigs for this really bad movie, which I don't agree. I thought it was fine. I no, it was, it, was, it was better than fine. I mean, it, you asked me to pick a ter- any of the Transformer films or this. I had a lot more fun with this. Exactly. Screw Transformer movie. This is, this is a good start to the summer. Um, and with the summer, you know, if the rest of the summer, the rest of the summer movies, you know, pleases as well as they please as well as this one. Um, I think it's going to be a good summer. So uh, I would say see it and see it on the big screen. I saw it a terrible projection. Um, my projection had dimmed projection the whole time and it was totally too dark. And I still had fun, even though I was really angry at the theater. So, yeah, hell, see it. Yeah, definitely. It's uh I was very, I was very, very pleased, very, very surprised. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again at some point. The one thing I kind of didn't like was I didn't like the designs of the, the uh, actually actual aliens themselves. Um, I don't know. I, they they came across as a, as a little bit too much of something like out of Doom or, or P or a PS3 game or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, m- for the most part, that you know my. The, the points that I was picking on the film did not minimize the fun of it at all. Um, I, and I, I enjoyed it so much. I actually ate popcorn, which I seldom do. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth catching. Uh, and thankfully not in 3d. Yes. Thank yeah. you as well. You know, cause I was surprised. I thought, Oh, I'm going to have to bring my glasses. I'm like, no, this is not a 3d film. I was like, sweet. All right. So battleship, one for the boom. All right. Let me play this, because we've got a video to talk about this week. The East is blue. Wait, what? All right. Um, this week for video, I'm not going to be talking about a Blu-ray, because this film is not out on Blu-ray yet, though it probably deserves to be. Um, but it is going to lead into a film that I'll talk about next week uh, as a Blu-ray. And this is the film Dragon Inn, directed by Zoe Hark, uh, starring Maggie Chung, Tony Leung, Bridget Lin, and Donnie Yen. Uh, sorry, produced by Zoe Hark, directed by Raymond Lee. Um, I, I don't really want to get into the plot too much of this film, because, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of confusing in, in many ways, but basically um, it's about a power struggle during the Ming Dynasty, um, it's about uh, a, a group of rebels against uh, a particular eunuch and uh, sort of coming together. All of these different parties who are involved in this power struggle end up at this place in the desert called the Dragon Inn. And it's sort of a cat and mouse game in this very isolated place, um, which is run by a, a lady named uh, Jade, who is the host of the inn, played by uh, Maggie Chung. Um so this is the DVD version coming from Maya Entertainment. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but on the Yes Asia site, this is the this is touted as a remastered version. 
Yes, yes, it's it's one of those new when you know when May Hour releasing yeah. uh, uh, remastered versions. Well, my movies. question is this: What the heck is remastered about it? Because <laughs> I watched and the print looked terrible. The subtitles were wrong in many places with spelling errors and just weird, uh, weird, weird translations in places. Um, it really, I mean, for as much as as much as this film is talked about in a lot of uh, you know film circles and and books and things, I would think this deserves a better version at some point. There is. Um, actually, the, the, the owner of the film, Um Si Yun, they, they, he did a total digital re, remaster of it and released it this year, earlier in the year, uh, after uh, Flying Sword Dragon Gate came out. But it one is only the Mandarin version. And actually, come, if you look at the, um, the trailer of the new remaster and the, the, the older prints, he also went and changed the color timing of the entire film, and mm. I think they did it without Trey Hart's permission. Oh, that's yeah. never good. Yeah. Well, so where is that? Because I haven't seen that on the shelves. It played in China. It played in Chinese theaters, but I don't I haven't heard anything about video release. Okay, so it's not actually been released on video. Not on video. Only only mm. in cinemas. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So this is. I mean, this is. Um, I don't know. Would you consider this as a required viewing for Hong Kong cinema files? I've never seen the film. You've never seen <laughs> so, it? I've never seen the oh, film. Dude. So I've, you know, I just watched Drunken Master two weeks ago for the first time. <laughs> That's dude. right. I keep forgetting you're a baby. I'm a baby. Um, so, yeah, this is... Um, this is, I, I've got to say, when I first saw this, I didn't care for it that much in comparison with a lot of Soy Hark's other, other produced stuff and, and directed stuff. Um, but it, does, it has grown on me over the years. And I think that... Uh, the one we'll talk about next week, Flying Swords of Dragon Gate, uh, is is a very good follow-up um, to the story, even though it's only very, kind of very loosely related slash connected. Um, but this is a classic one, uh, some some of the imagery that you get from it. The fight scene at the end with Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen's very young in the film, and uh, it's interesting to see him uh, playing sort of this... Uh, this blonde-haired eunuch character um, at such a young age. Um, Most of the people are dubbed, however. Um, I don't think I recognized anybody's doing their own actual dubbing. Um, So, for example, Tony Tony Langkafai, Maggie Chung, Bridget Lin, and Donnie Yen, none of their voices are doing the the uh, post-production recording. And this really makes, you know, we've talked about this before, it goes back to this idea of how can you claim your acting if somebody else is doing your voice, right? I mean... I, well, did you watch Did you watch Storm, the original Storm Riders? When, you know, essentially the guy who dubbed Sonny Chiba, you yeah. know, did half the acting. He was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, that, that, that doesn't really take... I don't, I don't want to say that that takes away from the film. Uh, at all, because uh, it it is something that you should probably get out and watch if you've never seen it. I just say that uh, I, I bring it up now because it is available. It was not available for a while. Um, it was it was kind of hard to find, but uh, with the, this so called remastered version, um, it you can now find it out there. It's on Hong Kong shelves and it's available at Yes Asia. Um, so you might want to pick it up while you have a chance. Again, the 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 remastered label I think is a little bit of a of a misrepresentation because it doesn't, you know, the print is still very scratchy and, and uh, it's not cleaned up. Uh, the subtitles are, are, are not uh, proofread in places. 
special features, almost none. It's got uh, the trailer. It's got uh, a data bank, you know, with which features, you know, some cast credit information. But that's about it. Um, so there's no, really nothing in the way of special features. But it's pretty low price. So you really can't beat the price. Um, I think I got this one as a, as a special, like three for 99 Hong Kong dollars or something. Um, and I think over on Yes Asia, it's like 12 US dollars. So it's pretty cheap. Um, so because of it, you know, it, it's, it's close ties to Flying Swords of uh, Dragon Gate. I'd say if you haven't seen it, check it out before you watch that film. I think you'll appreciate uh, the, the remake slash sequel all the, all the more. And we'll talk about that next week. All right. And you should watch it, Kevin. I will. Get off I, your butt. I, I, my, well, I do have to sit on my butt to watch a movie. Yeah, that's so true. Yes. Yes. I'll, I'll loan you my copy. Thank you. All right, let me play this. You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can head over to our website at www.kongcast.com. Or you can check us out over at iTunes, uh, leave us a review there, and uh, give us some feedback if there's something you'd like to see done differently or done better. Uh, let us know. We appreciate any input that you might have. You can get in touch with us or follow us over on Twitter, twitter.com slash kongcast for the show. Twitter.com slash Foxlore if you're interested in uh, the mon mundanosity, is that a word, of the things that I get to talking to every day. Or, more interestingly, follow Mr. Ma over at Twitter.com slash TheGoldenRock, where he's constantly tweeting about films, film information, new releases, trailers, all kinds of interesting stuff, including mini hotel rooms at the airport. Awesome, isn't it? That is so isn't awesome. I, I was, you know... Yes. Um, he, he tweeted this link today. What, what, which airport is that? It's not Narita, right? It's um, this is the Haneda Airport, which Haneda, is yeah. starting to handle international flights, including those from so Hong Kong. So they've got these mini these mini rooms um, that you can you go in, you can rent, and you can stay in right there at the airport. Every, every time I've been laid over at an airport, crashing on these like little, little terribly terribly uncomfortable little chairs, and I'm thinking every airport should have this. It would be so much nicer to, to have a lay. You'd want to have a layover at the airport with these little mini rooms. Uh, so you can go over to his Twitter and, and check out those links uh, for that and all kinds of other interesting information. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us via email, you can hit us up at eastscreen at gmail.com. You can uh, send us a question, comment, or even a short audio file, and we might just play it here on the show. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Stitcher if you are iTunes-averse. You can listen to us on your iPhone, your Android phone, your BlackBerry, and your WebOS. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, it's the smarter way to listen to radio. And we thank them for their support of our little show. Kevin, aside from assembling for Avengers, what do you got going on this week? Um, I am going... Well 
my Love in the Buff review is now on loveishkfilm.com. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. Is it really Love in the Buff, or is it called Love in a Puff? It's called Love in the Puff the Magic Dragon. Okay. That's actually the real name. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. A uh, little, little bit of an... In, I, sh- should, should we enlighten the listeners on that? Yes, I think I think if you yeah, um, someone wrote to uh, a certain uh, webmaster friend of ours and um, tried to correct him and saying that actually it's not love in the buff, it's love in the puff. Yeah. Now think about that for a minute. What's wrong with that? That 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 question. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's the joke. Yeah, an actual email received by an actual webmaster uh, living in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm not sure where the email came from. But uh, saying that no, the f- you're you're talking about Love in a Puff, right? A film from how many years ago? Which I also reviewed. Yeah. In a sense. So yeah, you'll be you'll be doing any other uh, updating or blogging or writing this week? Uh, if if the big uh, film studios uh, will will be doing press conferences, I will be updating as they go along. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I will be doing the review for Lives in Flames because uh, Kozo is out of town. He's in Italy over in the Utne Far East Film Festival. Which I'm very jealous. He's of. eating pizza. He's eating pizza and gelato and and whatever things that he you know the town doesn't come up with. So I'll be doing that review and um, yeah. So check out lovehafilm.com to follow what's going on. Um, what else have I got going? Oh, check out the Le French May Film Festival happening in Hong Kong right now. Um, yeah, just search up Le French May Hong Kong and you'll find it. I wrote much of many of the description of this year's festival so I can read uh, what I've got going there. They got some good old Hong Kong stuff including a very rare screening of Food Chance Made in Hong Kong, a uh, big, screen, big screen screening of uh, PTU, Johnny Toast PTU, and uh, um, the Hong Kong version of Seventh Heaven which was made in 19, I think 1920s or 1940s or something like that. Uh, some very, very good films. So, so looked up, look up La French May on uh, Hong Kong on Google and uh, look up the cinema section and you can find out what's going on at the festival. All right, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, there, 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 there was a, one other thing I wanted to ask you, and now it's just, my mind has gone blank. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Um, speaking of freelance stuff, I mean, uh, you kind of tweeted out a little bit of a thing today. Do you want to make an official announcement, or do you have to keep that under wraps? Um, I've been told because the official press conference for the film is tomorrow in Beijing, but I can just, uh, I guess, blur it out. But yeah, I will. I've just been 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 offered the job to write the subtitles or to translate the dialogue for the latest Mado film. That's awesome. I know. I, I would have done it for free. Don't tell them, but I would have done it for free. It was so awesome. Mm. I'm looking forward. They also want me to translate the songs, so that's going to be a real challenge. So you're going to get to work. Well, well, aren't the songs usually in English by Pancakes? No, no. The, you know, the, you know the the kids they they sing songs. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I'm really, really. That's the really the best subtitling. Okay, well, no offense to their job. So this is like the, my most, the most exciting job I've had in my career. Mm. I think no offense to Asia. I mean, my but my my most exciting freelance job I think so far. But That's excellent. That's awesome. Sorry. Sorry. I'm super excited Sorry. for you, and the fact that there's a new McDowell film on the horizon. Yes, I'm actually more excited about the fact that there's a new McDowell film right there. Yeah. <laughs> that as well. Yes. All right. Well, you know, you have to keep us updated uh, with any any bits of news or interesting tidbits that come out from that. All right, so uh, before we close things out today, uh, let me throw out some thanks to people through uh, Rob Gubbers of Schnauzer Studios for our theme, Ross Chen of LoveHongKongFilm.com, even though he's all the way over there in Udine, glutting himself on pizza. Um, you know, uh, I hope you guys are having a good time. We'll, have to, we'll, we'll get him and we'll get Tim on the show 
when they come back to tell us all about uh, all their Italian foodie, filmy experiences. Um, and also the K-Man for sticking with me through 108 episodes of the show. And of course, you the listeners, uh, without you, uh, this just isn't fun. It isn't possible. So we appreciate you guys being out there for listening, for commenting, for joining us in the chat room. Special thanks to Hong Kong Dave, uh, Kenny B from Podcast on Fire, uh, Matthew Seidel, and anybody else who happened to stop by and pop in. Again, we uh, thank you guys for your support. Next show, episode 108, Avengers. I mean, is there anything else we're going to talk about, right? <laughs> is there any even an e-screen movie? to do not that i know of i don't think we've no. got anything for uh, like another week but uh we'll we should be... take a chance to catch sunny paul i think it's, it's picking up at the box office actually is uh, it yeah i was picking up so we should you try and catch it if i get okay. some free time i will try and uh make it out there but uh, <laughs> definitely we'll talk about avengers and and uh, on the for blu-rays next week we're definitely going to try and uh, you you will have gotten the uh the blu-ray by then right of uh flying swords of uh, dragon gate so hopefully, can, in case uh, whether my my scenic body blue comes in, because that's the yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we can both uh, pitch in and, and and share our thoughts on the Blu-ray for that film. All of that and much more on our next show. Until then, this is East Screen West Screen wishing you good viewing, and we will see you all next week. See you next week, everybody. Talk.